Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Governor Ivey will win. Also, Britt leads into the home stretch. And let's break down what's happened in this election cycle. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. Well, at least we'll try to sort it out. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire. Hello, hello. Charlie Walker, assistant editor at APR, and Josh Moon, investigative reporter, all-around great guy and blockbuster content lately, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Man, and more like I say again, and I, I love it so much when Angie's not here. It's so nice when she's not here. I get so much better introduction. You do, you do, you do. Oh, well, you've been tearing it up, man. You've been killing it with the uh, reporting over at APR. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the, the bewitching hour or doomsday or however you want to look at it is almost upon us, Susan. Uh, uh, Tuesday is the Republican primary, the Democratic primary. We'll know, uh, hopefully, at the end of the day, who's going to be governor for the next four years. We we probably won't know on some other things. But Kay Ivey running for re-election here. Uh, looking good, looking bad, looking sideways. What does it look like? Kind of, you know, you know whether you're looking at the polls and she's above fifty percent or below fifty percent. It looks like the undecideds are actually going to kind of lean her way. So it looks like it's possibility she's going to come out of this without a runoff. You know, and I think this is interesting. Uh, in 1966, uh, Lurleen Wallace was running for her first term, her only term as governor. But she was running against a crowded field, Josh, of nine other Democrats, uh, mm -hmm. and including two former governors, the attorney general. I mean, crowded field. Now, yes, she had Governor Wallace at her back, but they wasn't assured that she was going to win. Kay Ivey's facing eight, eight people who have spent probably $20 million trying to tear her down. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I got to tell you, if, if I'd spend $20 million and we can't crack to 20%, then I'd feel pretty bad about things. But, yeah. you know, uh, Kay Ivey has, uh, has figured out, as I've said before, she's figured out the formula to be an Alabama governor and be very popular, which is just stay out <laughs> in front of a camera, uh, you know, really. Uh, and it's... You know, I, honestly, I just I kind of hope she wins without a runoff because I think it's pretty pointless. Uh, yeah. You know, let's say somehow or another they bring her to forty five or forty six or forty seven percent. I mean, what real difference does it make to get into that runoff at that point? You know, right. I mean, it, she's going to trounce whoever it is that gets into the runoff, and we're just going to waste money on it. And not only that, we're going to have to listen to another few weeks of these just absurd ads where that just tear people down and attack. You know, the uh, our, our weakest people in the state and our most vulnerable people in the state. And I think it just kind of sets us back to do this for another few weeks. Yeah, I agree. Charlie? Oh, no, I was just going to say, overall, just uh, this election, I just think it's pretty much going exactly the way we thought it was going to go. I mean, it got a little hairy there for a while with James getting a little more traction than I thought he 
should have, he should not have gotten, but he did get it. But I, Ivy's prevailing. I'm very, very proud of her. Well, again, uh, somebody the other day complained that I wrote something positive about Governor Ivy and said that, you know, they'd like to have another governor. And I, I said, well, which Republican governor would you like to have? And they were Blue. like, well, I don't want a Republican governor. I said, well, then you probably are in the wrong state because we're going to have a Republican governor. I, uh, I would take Lou Burdett. I mean, you know, just, just throwing it out there. I mean, he, he has tried to focus on issues. And, I mean, you know, I, don't, I would obviously choose a Democrat, but... Uh, you know, at least that guy tried to focus on issues and stay away from the hatefulness and stuff. And he's barely, what, cracking 2%. And yeah. so, uh, you know. Well, I've seen the signs, Lou in 22. I don't know which 22 he's talking about, but it ain't this yeah. one. Yeah, uh, no, I know. He's not, he doesn't have a chance. I, I don't mean he has a chance at all. I just said, I just would like people to think about what they've done here and, and look yeah. at his campaign and think, you know, this is a guy that did try to focus on issues, whether you agree with him or not. He tried to focus on issues uh, and, and keep the nastiness out of his campaign. And, and it's, you know, didn't work at all for him. And so that's no. on voters. It's not going to work. It's not the way Paul, no. it's not the way it works anymore. I do want to get to the Senate race. This is one that's had many ups and downs right now. Uh, all polls show that Katie Britt is going into the primary with a strong lead. Uh, As it should be. And then Mo Brooks and, uh, and uh, that Mike other Durant. guy. Mike Durant. <laughs> Can you remember his name? Mike <laughs> Durant are, are struggling to see who's going to be number two, Susan. I mean, that, that race is about not who's going to win, the, I mean, not who's going to lead in the primary, but who's going to be number two? I think it they're is. Both That's been interesting two. because, you know, Mo Brooks was up and Durant was down, and then Durant is up and Mo Brooks is down. Now Durant's going back down. It's going to be interesting to see who is going to be number two. I mean, Katie's in there with a solid 32%. It's just going to be real interesting to see who's the second dog in that race. I mean, Josh, I, I can see a race where uh, Katie Britt's at 39, Mo Brooks is at 30. Durant's at 30, 32, whatever. I mean, this is going to be a, a really interesting race because you know, you know you're going to have one and two. Just who's going to be two? Yeah, no, it's it's exactly right. It's uh, you know, I, there's no one is is predicting uh, her to reach fifty percent. Uh, I don't think any poll has got her anywhere close to that. Uh, so she, you know that you know there's going to be a runoff, and so uh, what's re really been kind of curious to me is that the two guys that are vying for that number two spot have refused to kind of accept reality to a degree and not gone after each other a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that to me would have been the, the smart play here. You know, you can worry about Katie Britt and, and her, what, whatever vote she had when she was the SGA president, Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, but uh, you know, at some time later, if you get into the runoff, but at this point, you know, you got to survive and uh, you know, you got to keep winning to, to get to the next round. Like you're in the NBA playoffs. And you know, right now that I, I don't know it. Uh, we'll see it. You're, you're exactly right. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of a toss up at this point. I mean, uh, you know, if I, if it were me to run the campaign, I would rather run against Mo Brooks and Mike Durant. And there's a couple of reasons. One, one is not that you can't, Durant is sliding. There's no, you can pull him further down. The reason is that Durant can write himself a $10 million check if he decides mm. to. Mo Brooks can yeah. get $10, $10, $10, $10 million 
if his life depended on it. I think that's where yeah, it, but it falls down. I, I got to say, I, I, I disagree completely there uh, because I think Mo Brooks has kind of got that Roy Moore base of support, and so yeah. he's got, always going to be able to count on a certain number of people coming out where Mike Durant's support is really thin uh, when, when it comes to loyalty because nobody knows who the guy is. Yeah, and that's so true. I think, you know, if you're, you, tear, you start to tear him down and people will flee or just stay home, and that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, well, well Roy Moore is some people that in the state know him. Mike Durant can buy all the ads he wants. Mm -hmm. He can try to buy himself that Senate seat, which he's been trying to do since the beginning. Alabama voters just don't vote that way. I'm sorry. Well, and Josh and I do not get paid to uh, handicap races, but we do it anyway, right? Two white guys yeah, talking. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're paid the same either way, you know? That's right. Or wrong. All right, we're going to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. I'm Lindy Blanchard. As you head to the polls, I would like to make one final ask for your vote. I'm an outsider who will fix our education, end Kay Ivey's tax increases, and stand up to Joe Biden and federal overreach. Alabama deserves better, and I will be honored to serve you and bring our state into the future. I'm Lindy Blanchard, and I'm asking for your vote. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm Donald Trump and I love Alabama. As many of you know, there are few issues facing our nation as important as election integrity and election fraud. This is why the people of the great state of Alabama must work together to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So get out, register to vote, and get a photo ID so you can make your voice heard and decide the future of our great country. Thank you. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. And, and you know, uh, and Josh alluded to it earlier, Susan, when he was talking about uh, Lou Burdett talking about issues mm -hmm. and the other candidates not talking about issues. But this, these consultant-driven polls, these con campaigns, demand that people, if you're running as a Republican, you got to come out and you got to talk about CRT. You got to be against transgendered youth. You got to be, you, you got to, you got to try to divide people by race, sex, religion, everything else. Th this is what we live with today. They don't talk about issues because the voters want to be mad and upset about stuff. They do. And it's, and you can see the state to state. It's the same message, whether you're in Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, New York, it's the same old issues over and over. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what we can get done in our state. Uh, we've got issues, you know, we've got the infrastructure issues here. We've got health care issues here. We've got mental health issues. 
Of course, we've got prison issues here. And not one candidate for governor has spoken about any of that, unless they're slinging mud at the other one. Yeah. But they Mostly, cover guns, babies, and Jesus. They do. They do. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's just like uh, you, you, ha you have to believe that the voters don't really care about the issues if this is what the polls are telling them. Josh? Yeah, I mean, well, it seems to be working, I guess. I don't, uh, nobody, certainly no one is being punished for, for this sort of uh, race that they're running here. But no, you're 100% you're right. It's, uh, uh, you know, I, it's like the consultants get, a, um, get, get on a track and it's hard to get them off a track or get them to think outside of a box, you know, yeah. because this is what, you know, look, it's what everybody else is doing. This is what you're going to pay me to do. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I give you a perfect example of that, as I've said, I mentioned before, is, is Lindy Blanchard's campaign, um, you know, and I, I, I feel like if they had used the story, her, her actual life story, uh, you know, and, and talked about what she had done, I felt like that would have separated her from the field, uh, you know, with the with the adoption agency and the kids and, and helping helping out in, you know, a third world country. And, uh, you know, that that's a great story that people latch on to. People of all political persuasions latch on to such a story like that. And it just, it, instead of that, they went the the other way with this and, and yeah. i gotta well, tell I, you there are a lot of people that think of a lot of these candidates as being very cruel people uh yeah. and and i wish they could hear from some of those people because i don't think that k ivy or lindy blanchard or even tim james uh would would sleep well at night knowing that there's a pretty significant part of the population in this state the state where they live that believe them to be cruel people well you know and i think that's some of that's because it's coming out of dc it's just lazy oh, yeah. on the part of the consultants. They don't bother to get to know what state that they're consulting in. They mm -hmm. don't bother to get to know the people and what they care about. It's just, you know, here's another stamp. Let's just stamp this yeah. candidate as a Republican and move on. Well, you know, and that's... Yeah, they don't care. Go ahead, Charlie. I'm oh, sorry. No, I, I was just... Go ahead, Josh. Uh, they don't... They, they, you're right. The outside consultants, the, the consultants from outside of the state, they don't care how a candidate is viewed by their fellow citizens in the state. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to them. All they're worried about is winning a race. And somebody's going to lose the race. And so, you know, and you're going to have to live here and do business here and talk to people here. And this is how people are going to think of you going forward. And I, I just mm -hmm. wish people would consider that a little more. Like Tim James. Charlie, is that all you had to say? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I was wanting to say, uh, back to what Josh was saying about Lindy, I just had to put my two cents in. I think we all know I've never been the biggest Lindy fan, but I did. she, she did come out with uh, some of her story recently, and I, mm -hmm. it was so moving. Mm -hmm. And if she had just done that sooner, I'm not saying it would have guaranteed her the, you know, the win, but I really think it would have oh, helped her numbers. I think it would have got her in a runoff. Definitely. I really do after having heard it. I, I agree with you 100%. These, these, these people, they don't even hire, they hire a few in-state people, but they mostly mm -hmm. hire people out of D.C. that they, they only know Alabama because that's where they get a paycheck from. And, you know, I, I think one of the interesting things, we, we talk about uh, polling to run for office. The other question is polling to govern. Mm -hmm. And I happen to know that Kay Ivey, uh, the Kay Ivey administration, has only done one poll uh, in, five in, five in five years, in five years, this is not a, 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 an administration that poll tests mm -mm. how they run uh, the government. Unlike previous administrations yeah. that we know for a fact polled whether to blow their nose or not. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a good thing. Hey, I want to move on a little bit. You know, Mo Brooks, uh, you know, I'll start it out here. Mo Brooks was unendorsed by President Trump some months ago, right? 
So mm -hmm. this week, APR reported where we got two pieces of mail from the Brooks campaign where he said, Trump endorsed, Trump endorsed. Is it that he can't afford to redo his mailers? I was thinking that. Maybe oh. there was just some miscommunication there. You know, it, it happens. You know, can't we you know, redo the logo? <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, because everybody, how embarrassing. Really? Hey, if, if Trump can claim to still be president, I think Mo can still claim the endorsement. Well, there Fair. you go. Uh, Leave it to Josh. Solved, solved, solved. And I want to move on to a much more controversial thing, but you, Josh, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, the Durant campaign came out and tried to tie Katie Britt to an SGA vote, with the mm -hmm. student government vote, when she was the president at the University of Alabama. And he said that she was pro-abortion, that she was wanted abortion pills given to children and teenagers. It's nothing like that at all. It was no, it, it was the morning after pill, which was, you know, mm -hmm. that, 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 that. That's not an abortion pill. It is an emergency contraceptive. It, it is. is not an abortion pill. It is pill. not an abortion pill. You can only take it 72 I mean, hours afterwards. I, I, have, I have been on this bandwagon for four years now. And it was Eric Johnson that explained it to me, you know, who's the biggest pro-life guy I know, that this is not the same. Jesus, wake up. But I think one of the things that bothered me is not that Durant would lie. Ah. It's not that he would lie. I mean, you Oops, know, we, we, we know politicians, they lie. But the fact that you use this, this an issue, nobody knows where Durant really stands on on abortion or any issues, because we've only ever well, heard we from We don't Durant. even know where he lives right now. I kind of feel like he just hates women at this point, and I feel really bad for his wife. I'm sorry, lady. Mm. Josh, we got 30 seconds. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, two guys, yeah, I mean, white guys. You know, well, ahead, yeah, sure. I, listen, as a man, let me tell you about these abortion stuff, little ladies. Um, you know, I, 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 <laughs> really? Now? The mansplaining has started. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I, I just, I, I think that it was a stupid ad. I think it was yeah. a reach. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as we know, it was. It, it's yeah. that, that's all. When you're reaching back for an SGA vote of any kind, you know, it's a reach in the campaign. Now, I mean, these are grown adults, and uh, if that's what you're reaching for, then Katie Britt must be a pretty clean candidate. Uh, looking she, back on things. Yeah, you know? she didn't even have a vote on that issue. Issue. But there it is. We'll leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We're going to come back with a little bit more. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Hi, everybody. I'm Randy Owen. I want to encourage you to join me in voting yes on the State Parks Amendment on Alabama's primary election ballot May the 24th. Voting yes signals your support for outdoor recreation and will help maintain and expand all 21 state parks from DeSoto State Park on Lookout Mountain to Gulf State Park on the coast. Our state parks are one of the many reasons I'm glad my home's in Alabama. Hope you'll join me in voting yes for our state parks on May 24th.
Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Uh, Secretary of State John Merrill, Susan said that turnout he expects to be somewhere uh, around 28 to 32%. Sad, but better than in previous years. Better than previous years. I mean, previous years we've been looking at, what, 25 in 2018, 21 in 2014. But I think he's equating this turnout to the very two hot races, which is the governor's race and yeah. the U.S. Senate yeah. race. People are really, really charged up about these two races, and he thinks this is going to affect turnout. Well, uh, more people vote, the better it is as far as I'm concerned. I think we're at a point where it's just kind of, we'll take what we can get. I don't want to, I'm not picky anymore. Just vote, you know, please. Go vote. <laughs> go, go vote. Go, go vote. vote. Please go vote. Uh, Josh uh, Lyles Burke, District, U.S. District Judge Lyles Burke, one of Alabama's own. Uh, last week, he blocked the uh, transgender uh, youth bill, parts of it, he blocked the what's called the Vulnerable Children and Compassion and Protection Act, which is just the most egregiously, you know, wrong wrong answer there. But he, he did yeah. block the portion where it, it would have criminalized doctors who, who provided hormone treatments uh, to transgendered youth uh, and saying that he really thinks this is... Uh, probably a, a First Amendment issue, and uh, would likely violate these people's rights. And I, I yeah. have to say that. Yeah, it would. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty well would. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that was the intent was to uh, was to violate the rights and and to make a, you know, make a stand and and really uh, in the opinion uh, he's a Trump appointee, uh, yeah. you know, and in the opinion was fairly critical of the ridiculous defense that the state put up, in, in, you know, for this law that they had passed. And, and because, uh, but to be fair to the state, and I guess to Steve Marshall's office, um, you know, there really isn't much of a defense for this thing. It, it came between doctors and uh, who were trying to save the lives of children. And at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about here is, okay. you know, you, there are just, there, there are kids out there that are struggling every single day, uh, in life and their parents are trying desperately to, to figure out what's going on. And they've worked with doctors, they've worked with counselors, they've worked with all sorts of people in the healthcare industry, uh, to arrive at these, these things. And, you know, it's it's a medical procedure at this point. It's a it's it's established procedure for doctors to do this. It's not something that's quick. It's not something it, until they're above the age of consent. It's not something that's permanent that can't be reversed. And so it's just what we've done here was just cruel and unusual. Uh, and that's the way it should be described. Jump in there, Susan. I'm in there. She's trying. I'm, I'm in there. Okay. Let's put it real simple. For every menopausal woman or perimenopausal woman and their husband understand how important hormone treatments are, okay? These children are no different. It is a hormone imbalance. It's not you trying to give them drugs to turn them into something else. This is a hormone treatment. To deny them of this, every husband out there that's got a menopausal woman, can you imagine how crazy she'll get? Is well, she doesn't have her drugs? I mean, this is, uh, again, these are to help children with gender dysphoria. It is. It is. And, but it's that simple. And back to what you were, Josh, real people with real lives. John Archibald just came out with a story about a transgender girl and her family. They are having to uproot their entire lives. They are an Alabama born and bred family, and they are having to move somewhere else because of this law, because she can't go to the bathroom in her school anymore. Because they view her as not what she is. And it's it's 
Thousands. And, and they're afraid of what else is going to come as a result of these ridiculous laws. And, and Josh, anything's up for grabs at this point. We should all be kind of afraid. Well, and, and they, you know, listen, this is, these are hard decisions for everybody to make. Mm -hmm. They're tough on families. They're tough on doctors. They're tough, tough, tough. I, I think we, we should look at loving people and understanding mm -hmm. what they're going through rather than all this. But again, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir up here. But Josh, we, we are so concerned about children and about what the Bible says and all this, which I don't know anything about transgender in there, but anyway, uh, that, you know, we don't regulate church daycares. We just, we don't do it because we don't want the, the state messing in the church's business, right? That's part of it. So as a result, we have three church daycare workers charged with 44 counts of child abuse and other, other crimes here in the state of Alabama and uh, but we really care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, listen. It, it took a while to get uh, you know to even the regulations that we do have uh, right. over over church daycares, and and there there was a lot of fighting. Uh, there were a lot of people. Uh, you know, and if you'll recall, back during the in the midst of the fight when they blocked the bill originally, yeah, uh, in between in between the the original bill and the watered down bill that ver that, mm -hmm. that ended up passing in a yeah, a later we session, don't have some a young boy that died. But... We, we do know? have some regulations, but not nearly what we need. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And and listen, it's uh, you know right now it's it's tough to to regulate any of these things because you know, there there are a lot of they, we haven't put the resources into it. Uh, you know, and there there are a lot of things that go on at daycare. Trust me, I know uh, that. Uh, but that, I thought we cared that, so you know, much about uh, the children. Yeah, and these were these we was gotta, a, do this. eleven children under the age of two. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. We're talking about jerking them out of the cribs by their arms, meanwhile hitting their heads, holding them down in the cribs. I mean, we're not, uh, these, these are t under two-year-old children. Well, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Josh, I think it goes back to something else that uh, you, you were writing about this week and we talked about. Uh, uh, you know, 24% of Alabama's children live in poverty, 20% experience food insecurity. Mm -hmm. We just mm -hmm. do not do well at taking care of our elderly or are very young. No, you know, once they're born, we don't care as much about them anymore. Um, Thanks for taking and, the words you know, out of my mouth. Yep. Uh, you know, it's uh, that's a that's a big problem that we have. We have a lot of, of poverty here among children. Uh, we have uh, children have a lot of food insecurity. That's why the the expanded uh, tax credit for for children was such a big deal in this state. It it li literally lifted millions of children in this state out of out of poverty and gave them food uh, that they weren't used to having. Just you know, to to put it flatly, they weren't used to having a, a meal that was coming on a regular, um, and you know that, that's a that's a shame, uh, and it's a shame that we're in that in such a state. But we we need to do a little bit more uh, if we're going, especially if we're going to start talking about the sanctity of life and forcing people to have children that they're not necessarily prepared to take care of. Then the state is going to have to figure out a way to start helping these kids. That's true. And our infant mortality rate here in Alabama is atrocious. We are it's right up awful. there with some third it's world countries. <laughs> but we're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.